Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. This morning, I want us to come come together around Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And I want to begin right here in verse 1. Acts chapter 3 in verse 1. And I, I want to take a little bit of time uh, to discuss the name of Jesus and to acknowledge His name and his act, the activity of His name in our lives as believers. Acts chapter 3, verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. This man had never walked. He had never had strength in his legs, in his bones, in his feet, his ankles to support him. He didn't walk once and then became uh, disabled and then no longer could walk. He'd never walked. From his mother's womb, he had never walked. He'd never experienced being upright on his feet. And all the people from that area were familiar with him. They knew who it was. They knew his story. They knew his condition. They knew that he wasn't just there uh, begging under a false pretense. They knew he legitimately couldn't walk. And so when they saw him, they were amazed that now this man is, he's not tottering around He's not hanging on to something trying to walk. He's walking and leaping. I mean, for you to be leaping, you have to have some stability when you come back down, right? You have to be able to hit the ground with balance, right? So he's got balance. He's got mobility. He's got lift. 
You know, got some lift. He's walking and leaping. And in the midst of the walking and leaping, there's praising. And everybody's shocked. And everybody is wanting to know, how did this happen? What did this? What caused this? When we see this being one of the first actions of the believers since Jesus ascended, since Jesus delegated his authority and left them in charge to go about continuing his ministry of doing good and healing all. He said, I want you to go and preach the gospel. I want you to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Those who believe in my name will cast out demons. They will, will not... They, he began to give them responsibility to carry on the miracle ministry, the healing ministry, the setting people free ministry that he had been conducting while he was with them. But at this point, they don't have 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 to help them understand the gifts of the Spirit. They don't have all of the, the clarity and the maturity of, of the things that the Holy Spirit brings through the Apostle Paul about uh, our being in Christ and who we are But what they have, listen to what Peter said, such as I have. He did know I have the name of Jesus. Jesus had a conversation with his disciples moments before the upper room, moments before they went out into the Garden of Gethsemane, moments before the soldiers came and and took him uh, to be questioned by Pilate and scourged and eventually uh, going to the cross. Moments before in his last conversation with his disciples, we are able to see it in John chapter 14 Uh, 15 and 16 and then he prays to the father in chapter 17 we see this preparation for the change that's going to take place as he goes to take the position after his victory on the cross and his ascension to the right hand of the father there's going to be a different delegation of the authority And he says three different things. And we've talked about it before, but it's fundamental. So we've got to continually talk about it. He he brings up three different things in that conversation that are going to be different. He said, you're going to love people a different way. You've heard it said, you've you've in the past recognized love your neighbor, but I'm telling you, I want you to love the way I've loved you. He says, you're going to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that's going to be a different relationship because he has been with you, but he will be in you. And it's necessary. It's going to benefit you and be to your advantage that I go away. And they couldn't see it at that moment in time. They're like, how do you, how do you, how do you see that, Lord, that it would be better for us if you go away? He said, but if I go away, the comforter will come. And he'll be with you and he'll lead you and he'll show you things to come and he'll, he'll minister to you just the same way I would. He will advise you and counsel you the same way I would. But the third point, what we're looking at today, that Jesus identified in that conversation, he said, your interaction with, the, with my name, 
you will you have not asked the Father anything in my name before now. Can we look at some of those scriptures together? Let's go over there to the book of John. We'll come back here to Acts. But, but let's look at some of these uh, specifics that Jesus identified because they, uh, they, they are for us as well as it was for these disciples. This is the same uh, um, interaction that we have with His name. Let's look first of all at chapter 14. And verse 13. Uh, Let's begin in 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater, and that word greater means more in quantity, Greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. So the only reason there's a greater quantity is because he is taking the place at the Father's hand and we as a body, we being the... That doesn't mean that, that an individual necessarily, but it's talking about the believers. We are, are in his name conducting his business, these greater works. These greater works because I go unto my Father. And so the first question that people think perhaps is, how am I going to do greater works than Jesus? How am I going to do the works of Jesus? How am I going to lay hands on the sick and see him recovered? How am I going to see blind eyes open? How am I going to see the lame walk? How am I going to do that? Well, you're not going to do it in you. I'm not going to do it in me. We're not going to do it in us, right? How are we going to do it? Well, he answers that right here in verse 13. He says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. That's how we do the greater works. We ask in his name. This word ask is not always a petition. The word ask means require in the Greek language. Require. It can include a petition, but it is also something that like a demand is placed. If I walk into the bank and I ask them for a a certain amount out of my checking account, I'm not really petitioning because they can't tell me no. Right? (laughs) Right? I'm coming legally. I have my identification. I have my number. That's my money. I'm, I'm, I, but I'm asking you with this withdrawal slip or with this check that I filled out, I'm making a demand. I'm requiring it of that account. I'm not requiring it of the bank. I'm requiring it of the account. I'm, I'm with, withdrawing it, but there is a correct way of asking or, or making that withdrawal. And so when he says these greater works, these greater works, greater these works that I do, let's go right back and stay right there. The works that Jesus has done, he did as an example for us. He's our model. We follow that example, don't we? Those works, he says, I want you to do them. I want you to do them. I want you to do those works. I want 
you to continue these works, how are we going to do them? He says, whatsoever you will require in my name. Whatsoever you will desire in my name. Whatsoever you will will, uh, ask in my name, placing that... Now, hear me when I say this, and I shouldn't have to say it, but sometimes it just brings clarity. We cannot ask outside of the will and receive anyway. Not, not Not by His provision. There are things we can go after that are not His best for us that He will back up and let us have. Like they wanted a king, and he didn't want them to have a king. But they kept on, and he was like, okay, so this is hands up, okay. Uh You want a king? I'll give you a king. It's not my best for you. It's not what I want for you. So so I want to have a little bit of a balance there because there have been some things that I've gone after that were not his best for me, and he's like, okay. And when I got him, I'm like, Lord, please don't ever let me ask you for anything. I don't, if it's not your will. I've learned since that time. I've learned since that time, Lord, what do you want for me? What do you want for me? Because I, I have found that I tend to ask lower than his best. I had, this is something he had to teach me. I tended to go under. I tended to go to, yeah, maybe what I could afford. And he's like, that's not what the blessing can do. I want to do more for you. So I've had to back off of just going after what seemed good to me. And, and let me help you because there are a lot of things going around the body of Christ and, and they're good in place, in balance about the vision boards and put it in front of your eyes and and put it on your vision board. Ask God what needs to go on your vision board. Because you can put something up there and you you can meditate on it long enough till your spirit reaches out and grabs a hold of it and it's not God's best for you. He's got better for you. So, so... Ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to put on there? What do you want me to go after? So I don't want to go after something and end up with it and it not be the plan, the perfect plan that he had for me. That's extra. I hope you all got something out of that. So when we are, when we're asking, he says, we're asking, requiring, it's talking about us knowing what God has established in His will for us already. When a person says, Lord, if it be your will, heal me of this, that person cannot release faith because if is standing in their way. As long as the if is standing in their way, they are hindered from faith being released. Faith is short-circuited in that prayer because of the if. If it be your will. When we come to Him, we need to know His will. Someone asked uh, a woman who worked closely in the ministry with 
Amy Simple McPherson and had traveled with her and helped in uh, the singing and the, the worship, preparing the atmosphere for her ministry. And Amy Simple McPherson had, Brother Hagen said, one, he said her healing ministry was greater than uh, uh, all of the other men who had the tent ministries put together, according to his opinion, because of the, the, it, the impact that she had. And um, the woman who had traveled with her was asked a question, and, and she said, what is different about the way people approach prayer and approach God in prayer than when you were in ministry with her seeing seeing those prayer meetings and seeing things happen. And she said this, and it, it applies to what we're speaking of today. She said, when we came into the presence of God, we already know what his word said. So we didn't have to pray until we found out what he wanted. We came on the basis of what he said he wanted. We came on the basis of what he established as his will. It's already His will that we be healed. That's established. It's already His will that, that we walk in wisdom. That's established. It's already His will that our children be saved. That's established. So I don't have to come and work through that part of is this the will of God for me or not. Lord, if it be your will, I can come on the basis of the will and I can activate uh, with my faith using the authority that's granted in the name. In this situation, he's talking about the works. How to do the works he had done. How, how to see the lame walk. How to see the blind see, the blind recover their sight. How to, how to work in this ministry that he's called us to. He didn't leave it on our own merit to make his works come to pass. He says, this is how you're going to do the greater works. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name. In my name is power of attorney. In my name is delegated authority. Power of attorney grants someone the legal representation over their estate. You can give someone power of attorney. For instance, when we purchased our house, pastor had to go um, because his father had just passed away on the day before we're supposed to sign and close on the house. And so before he left town, he had to go to the title company and fill out the power of attorney. The, the attorney had to draw up the correct papers and he had to fill it out so that I could sign his name. I wanted to tell him, I've been signing his name for years and the bank has never given me a problem. If, if he ever signs his name, they're going to be like, who is that? But they wanted the power of attorney. So that I could sign his name in the purchase of our house. And so he went in and he signed the power of attorney. And when the day came for us to close on the house, I went in there and I signed my name and his name. Amen. I signed his name and my name, his name and my name, his name and my name. Hallelujah. Why? Because I had been delegated the representation. He was not able to be here but he was involved in, 
in the action, it was still his yes in the purchase of the house. It was still his commitment, still his part. He just delegated for me to fulfill it in his absence. The healing is still Jesus' will. It's still Jesus doing the healing. He's just delegated to us the authority to represent him because he has taken a position at the right hand of the Father a position that we need Him to be in, that we need Him to intercede and to interact and to to mediate and to represent us before the Father as our high priest. We need that. And so He needs us to be His representation here. He said, this is how you'll do the works that I've done. So whenever you find yourself in a position knowing that you're standing in front of somebody or you're about to minister to somebody and you know the will of God is that that their situation be changed, that their situation be different, that that healing be ministered to them or or wholeness be ministered to them or or peace be ministered to them. You at that moment have to have already developed in your heart a confidence that when I require this, it's as if Jesus Himself is standing here putting His hands on their head. It is as if Jesus Himself is speaking the words out of His mouth. And it is as if Jesus Himself is making this demand for health to come, for eyes to see, for, for peace to be. I'm not doing it in me. I'm doing it in His name representing all that He is, the Amplified says. Representing all that He is. So we've got to see ourselves with that power of attorney paper. And we carry it with us all the time. We are are consistently authorized to represent Him. We need to know what His will is so that we can represent Him effectively. And then when we are in that position we can administer in His name what needs to be administered in that situation. He said, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So asking in the name is required for Jesus to be glorified and God to receive it. Asking in the name, requiring the will of God to be done in the name, glorifies Jesus and as a result, the Father is glorified in Him. Hallelujah. It's, it's, It's... Beneficial for the person that is receiving the freedom. Uh This man who had set all of his life at the gate beautiful, he got the benefit, he he was benefited from it, but God was glorified. He was benefited, he was leaping, he was walking, he he was praising God, he was experiencing the liberty and the freedom and the restoration, but God was glorified. God was glorified. And Jesus in, in the, the Jesus was glorified and the Father as a result. Amen. So that's what happens when we 
exercise the authority in His name, when we administer His will to be done in His name. And then He says this, If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do. I will do. Hallelujah. That's covenant talk. That is a covenant statement. He is guaranteeing. He wants you to take this like a covenant provision that has been written out according to provision 2A of the contract that we have with God, you could say. Whatever we require, ask, demand in His name. Now again, we're not demanding something that's not ours to demand. It's not His will already. That's why this works is because we already know it's the will of God in this situation. We know that it's His will and there's something blocking the will of God. There's something hindering, whether it be, you know, when Jesus encountered the woman who had been all bent over and He said, Ought not this daughter of Abraham be loosed? And and this, uh, he, He recognized there, whom Satan has bound all these years, he recognized there's something blocking God's will in this woman's life and it's the work of the enemy trying to keep her down, keep her bowed over, keep her limited in her life. He said, ought not this daughter of Abraham, and that's what we need to be looking for. We need to be looking, ought not, we need to have our ought not indicator on. Ought not, ought not. Ought not that drug addict, drug addict be set free from that addiction? Ought not, ought not that alcoholic be instantly set free from alcoholism? Hallelujah. Ought not, ought not, ought not that, that wayward child who's walking in their own ways, ought not they see clearly? Hallelujah, ought not. Glory to God. So knowing the will, this is why we're here. This is why we come to church. That's why we have our word. We get in the word. We're studying. We want to know what is the will so that we can enforce it. So that we can, we can take our place in Christ. And we can, we can verbalize uh, His name into that situation. Amen. Glory to God. So He said, what you shall ask anything, if you shall ask anything... Anything in my name, I will do it. Glory to God. Let's look over at chapter 15. Hallelujah. And let's look at verse 16. Chapter 15, verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. This applies to every person in the body of Christ. I mean, He came looking for us. (laughs) He found we were lost. Jesus wasn't lost. We were lost, right? And He found us, and He saved us, and He brought us into the family, into the kingdom. And so He's ordained us. He's ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit and our fruit should remain. This is very similar to saying the works that I do will you do also. I've ordained you that you would go and bring forth fruit 
and that your fruit would remain. Well, fruit that remains is, is accurate fruit. It's spiritual fruit. It's, it's fruit that came from the right... Uh, in, in order for a tree to bring forth fruit, it has to be connected to the vine. It has to be connected to the branches and receiving the life source from the roots of the tree. Amen. So the fruit that we bring forth is from Him. It's from Him flowing out of us. He says here that this fruit should remain that, and, and then it has a colon. Now when you see a colon, I'm going to give a little English lesson here. When we see a colon, it means that what's on the other side is a restatement or a, an equal phrase to what's on the left-hand side. So he is restating what he said previously. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. What did we see? When, when you ask in my name, I'm glorified and the Father's glorified as a result. The Father in me is glorified. Here he says, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And he's saying that is an equal statement to you will go and bring fruit and fruit that remains. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fruit that remains. Glory to God. So when we see the previous text, it says, Jesus speaking, whatever you ask me, I will do it. Now he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. Hallelujah. So this goes beyond just us being able to do the works and that the name is only delegated for the, the purposes of God in the ministry, but now it's talking about in my personal life as well. In my personal life, whatever I ask of the Father in the name of Jesus, He will give it. Not do it, give it. Whatever I ask the Father, and I'm asking as if Jesus were asking. That's like a blank check. I had a dream and it was, it was right before, it was a month before God brought us out of debt. And I wrote it in my journal and then forgot about it until after I came out of debt and I went back and read it and thought, this was the Lord telling me I was about to come out of debt. But in the dream, I walked into a room and I sat down at a table and it was like a conference table. You know, one of those very stately conference tables. And there were blank checks on the table. And the man, it was my father-in-law, uh, he, he scooted a check across to me. And it was a blank check and it was signed. And other people came in and they were sitting down and they were all filling out their checks for $500. But I said... <laughs> Can I fill it out for what I want? And he said, yes, you can. And I filled it out for the amount that we were still in debt for. Hallelujah. And I woke up. And, and of course, later God revealed to me he was trying to let me know that was an indicator of what was about to come. But I'm still, when I think about this verse, I think about that dream. Because he says, 
Whatsoever you shall ask, whatsoever takes the limits off. Now, of course, again, can I qualify it? Yes. We're not going to ask for a casino. Come on. That's not the will of God for my life. I'm not going to ask to win the lottery. That's not the will of God for my life. Oh, Lord, I'm asking in the... Oh, no, no. No, I'm, I'm asking righteous asking. I'm asking in line. But it's, it's not unrighteous to ask for, for things that will bring pleasure to you, a, a nice vehicle to drive. It's not unrighteous to ask for those things. That's nothing wrong with that. Amen. 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 I don't need the lottery to bring it to me. God, the blessing is better than the lottery. Amen. Amen. So, he's, but he says whatsoever. Whatsoever. Now, can we remember that we're connected to the vine? We're connected. It's coming from our heart of love. Our heart that's connected to God. We're in relationship with Him. He says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, He'll give it to you so that you can bring forth much fruit and your fruit will remain. This is how we're supposed to be fruitful in our lives and fruits of righteousness, fruits of righteousness in our life, asking in the name. Hallelujah. He also indicates this in chapter 16. Let's look at verse 23. Chapter 16, 23. He says, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, and that is a statement that is as if he is, take, he is standing in front of you and taking your hand, his, your head in his hands. And he says, look me in the eye. You know, sometimes with, with my little one, I, when I know, okay, I need her to get this instruction. I do not want her to, to be distracted uh -huh. when I say this. I will say, no, 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 look at me. That's it. Right. Look That's at me. It. This is what Jesus is doing. Verily, verily, look at me. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm saying this and this is the truth and nothing but the truth. I need you to hear me. Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatsoever. There it is again. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Before now, have you asked nothing in my name? Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Joy and happiness, two different things. Asking in the name and receiving as a result of asking in the name brings a spiritual joy, a spiritual supply of joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This joy is supposed to be full. God's desire for us is full joy. He wants His people to have full joy. Amen. Why? If you've got full joy, you've got full strength. That's it. That's it. Amen. Joy is strength. And He says, your joy is supposed to be full. Yeah. This could be where some people are missing it. Amen. Come on. That their joy isn't full because they haven't been asking That's in the name. That's it. Now, can we identify 
a familiarity with the phrase, in the name of Jesus. When I was a little girl, we would drive back and forth to see my grandparents in East Tennessee. And my father never liked to go the speed limit. He always liked to break the speed limit. So he got a CB radio in our car. And he would listen to the truck drivers and he would get on there just to ask them had they seen any Smokies. Breaker, breaker, bears. Smoky Bear. Anybody seen Smoky Bear? And so my brother and I would learn the jargon. And of course, at that time, there was also a, a country song about uh, uh, Breaker, Breaker 1-9, yeah, yeah. the convoy and all that other stuff. But, but we would learn and listen to the different discussions they were having, just trying to... But, and so in that discussion, if you wanted to talk on the CB... You had to break into yeah. the channel and say, Breaker, Breaker, 1-9. Uh -huh. If you were on channel 19. If you were on a different channel, you would say, Breaker, Breaker, 1-3. Breaker, Breaker, you know, whatever. Amen. But that was a way to break in on, on and it was an opening statement. <laughs> a lot of people try to open up the prayer channel yes. with yes. the name of Jesus. Praise. They come and they say, Father, I come to you in the name as if it is just a tagline for me to open prayer. That isn't faith in the name. That will hinder you when you stand before someone like Peter and John were standing before and they said, what I have, I give in the name. See, what they were releasing was faith in the name. They knew that when I speak the name, it's not just an opening of a conversation. It's not just a way for me to enter in and to open the prayer channel. They were saying, when I say the name, all of heaven's resources are made available. All the spiritual supply that you're going to need, the healing that you're going to need, all of the miracle action that we're going to need is coming to meet us at this moment because in the name... I'm using the name. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Yes. So we've got to make sure we're not becoming familiar with that name in the sense that it has lost impact when we speak it. When we say in the name of Jesus, our faith should have a connection to Amen. it. Amen. Our heart should be releasing force when we say it. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. We should have a, a holy recognition of, of, of the, the action that's taking place behind the scenes because of what I'm saying. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go back and I want to look at some other statements from Acts chapter 3 and 4. Because we saw how it happened, we know the conversation, but let's hear Peter and John's explanation of what took place. Now again, Peter and John, they were disciples of the Lord. They were uh, 
trained by him and they were aware that he said to them, before now you haven't asked in my name, but from this point on you'll ask in my name. And now they're encountering a situation and they know I need to have what Jesus would have had in this situation. I need to do what Jesus would have done in this situation. I need to minister to this man the way Jesus left me to minister here for him to the people like this. How am I going to do it? What am I going to say? How am I going to release what he has delegated to me into the life of this person? So he says, let's go back and read here again in, in uh, Acts chapter um, 3. And I want to look at verse 16. All of the people had come uh, because of what they had seen. And so Peter is answering some of their questionings and, and they're looking to him and to John. He says in verse 16... And his name, he's talked about Jesus. He said his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. It was faith in the name. Faith in the name. Confidence. Certainty. Certainty. Not just that Jesus could, but that Jesus delegated to me his name. Yes. He delegated to me his deputy badge. Uh-huh. He has authorized me to stand in this position. It's faith in his name. It's not us. That's what Peter and John are saying. It's not us. Amen. It's Jesus Amen. because he sent me. It's Jesus because he told us to go in his name. Amen. Glory to God. Ooh. He says it is faith in His name that has made this man strong. Faith in His name. And this phrase is used again in chapter 4. Let's look at verse 10. Be it known... Now, first of all, chapter 10 verse 7 is a question and and verse 10 answers the question from verse 7. So let me back up and read 7. When they began to set, when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? The question is, By what power and by what name or by what name have you done this? So, name is talking about position, name is talking about delegated authority. He said, Who authorized you to do this? Whose power is evident in this authorization? So verse 10, he says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone that was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Speaking of Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name that holds the power of our salvation. 
No other name that holds our rescue. No other name that holds our restoration. No other name that holds our healing. No other name. But in the name, in the name is all of the salvation. In the name is all of the rescue. In the name is all of the restoration. Hallelujah. Now, I want to just point out some instructions from the New Testament and some instances where the name was such a part of their daily life. For instance, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. Colossians 3, 17. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Uh Now, remember, he said, when you ask in my name, I'll be glorified and the Father through me is going to be glorified. So he says, whatsoever you do in word or in deed, action, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The Amplified says, and in dependence on Him. Dependence on Him. So if I'm doing this in the name of Jesus, and one thing that I've done to help myself strengthen in that is that I'll say, Father, I'm going to minister in this pulpit today in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to do this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Whatever we do in word or deed, Let's have that recognition we're doing this independence on Him and the authority He's given us. The NLT, New Living Translation says, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Now I know there was the bracelets that everybody used to wear, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And I know it got old and everybody like, oh, I'm a WWJD, WWJD. Well, but the emphasis was still a good emphasis. The representation was the emphasis. I'm representing Him. I'm representing Him. So it's telling us do everything as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do everything as a representative of the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor uh, was talking about, Pastor Caldwell was telling a a part of his... uh, dealings with the airlines when he was flying commercially one time and he said he said that he got to the gate and they had already closed the door on the gate and were about to taxi off and they wouldn't let him on and he had to wait for the next plane and he said but it's still here they haven't taxied off yet why don't you let us on they're like no sir we've already closed and given it to another actually a man sitting nearby here and I think it maybe was Dallas Airport or somewhere like that. It wasn't. It wasn't Little Rock. This man sitting nearby said, "I heard them call your name, and when you didn't answer after a couple of times, they gave your seat to somebody else." Well, his earlier flight had been delayed, and so in talking with this man who gave him that news, the man said, "I watch you on BTN <laughs> in Dallas." And he said, I'm so glad I didn't become irate with that person. (laughs) Why? I'm a representative. I'm a representative. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're representing him. 
So when, whatever we do, <laughs> let's do it as a representative of Him. That's why my daughter used to, when she was through college and a little while after college to help pay off some of her college uh, bills, uh, she waited tables at a nice restaurant in the Kansas City area called Hula Hands and then another one called the Cheesecake Factory. And uh, she, said, we, she said all of the waiters hated Sundays. We just hate Sundays because the church people are such terrible tippers. Wow. Don't let that be said of us faith builders. Why? We're representing. And she said, what I really hate is when they leave me a dollar with a track. A gospel track with a dollar. And their, their, their tip, you know, their, their bill, you know, a tip should at least be the 20%, right? And, and she said the 20% off their bill would have been 10. They leave me a dollar. You know, they come in and they spend a hundred and something dollars for food and leave me a dollar or two with a gospel track in it. And, and here she is, the preacher's kid. <laughs> She's like, I am not impressed. Bad representation. Whatever you do, do it as a representation of Him. Showing mercy, showing love, being compassionate, being generous. God is generous. He's so generous. And we're His children. We're generous like our daddy's generous. Amen? Glory to God. Uh, we also see... The instruction in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, when Peter was preaching, he told them to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Uh Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. I'm going to move quickly through a couple of these. Uh, We see that Philip preached the name of Christ. Let's look a little bit closer at this one. I'm going to turn there to Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. He preached the name of Jesus and what results he had. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. So there was faith in the name, wasn't there? They believed in the things he preached concerning the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. Then uh, Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs and wonders which were done. So there were miracles, signs, and wonders done. Uh, previously, it talks about how um, what, a, what a change had taken place in the city there in Samaria and, and people were set free and miracles that were done. Why? Because he was preaching in the name. He was preaching and teaching them about the name of Jesus and they were believing that the name of Jesus has authority over what I've been held in bondage to. The name of Jesus has authority to set me free from... There, were, there was a lot of sorcery going on. 
and and different things like that. And so he they they recognized that the name was being preached. They had faith in the name, and miracles were the result in their lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chapter nine. And verse 15, But the Lord said unto him, Go your way, speaking about Ananias, instructing him to go to pray for Saul, uh, who would name would be later changed to the Apostle Paul. He says to Ananias, Go thy way, for he is chosen as a vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. So he was responsible to carry the name. And look at verse 29. This is what happened immediately in his ministry. After he had been prayed for by Ananias and received the Holy Spirit and his eyes were opened and uh, it says here in verse 29, he went into Jerusalem and spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here was a man who was persecuting anybody who was calling on the name. And now he is boldly preaching in the name. He is boldly representing the name. What kind of freedom did that take? What kind of, I mean, did he have to be set free from his past or what? He had to know, I'm a new creature. I am not the same man that threw all those people in prison and voted for them to be... be, I'm not the same person that held the coats of the people that stoned Stephen. I am not the same person. I mean, when, when that snake reached out and bit him on the Isle of Miletus and he just shook it off after surviving the shipwreck and the night and the day in the deep and now he's there and a poisonous viper and all of the villagers from that island look at him and say, you must have been a terrible sinner because you survived the storm, only be bitten by a snake. God is out for you. I mean, he tell you, vengeance. I mean, you're getting, you're just reward. You sowed and you're reaping it, right? But he shook it off. This is the man who said, I have wronged no man. Why? Because I'm not who I was. I'm not what I did. I'm not my past. I'm not that person anymore. That's not me. Hallelujah. So he could stand as a representative of Jesus. After having just a few days before, this is verse 29. Just a few weeks before, he's going around with letters of authority to imprison anybody who calls on the name of Jesus. And now here he is just a few weeks later saying, I'm preaching Jesus. I'm here in his name. I'm here representing him. Praise God. What a change the Lord makes in us. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 is one of our favorite, isn't it? Matthew 18, I want to read 19 and 20 out of this chapter. 18 verse 19 and 20. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now we're going to find out why. It's not just the power of the agreement alone. It says for, which means because, Because where two or three are gathered together in my name. In my name. 
So now we know why the prayer of agreement is established here in this verse. It says, our touching and agreeing that if any of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done. Why? Because they're gathered in my name. Wherever there are two or three gathered in my name, I'm there. I'm there. In, in His name is representing Him. If we're gathered in His name, He's here. Hallelujah. He's not limited by space or time. He doesn't have to be in the geographical to be in here with us. Amen? Glory to God. He's here. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. The church leaders give instruction in the local church by the name. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Notice he is saying, by the name, I am giving this this request to you, representing Jesus. That there wouldn't be divisions, that you would be joined together in the same mind. In other words, that there would be unity. So the church leaders gave instruction. We'll see another example in 2 Thessalonians 3, 6. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. Hallelujah. Now we command you, brethren. Now the beseech, command. Now we beseech, we command you, brethren. The previous one used the word beseech. This one says command. Mm -hmm. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walks disorderly and not after the tradition which you have received, which he received of us. So here's an instruction. And he's saying, I'm coming to you as a representative of the Lord. I'm coming to you in the delegated authority that Jesus has delegated. We command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. James chapter 5 and verse 14 shows us that we uh, anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. James 5 is talking about the prayer of faith. And we also see the name of the Lord. Let's read verse 14, uh, James 5, 14. If is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. So the anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord is an incorporation of the prayer of faith. It's not just putting oil on that person and saying, the name of the Lord, it is I am 
applying this oil, which is the representation of the Holy Spirit, and I am here in the name of Jesus representing, and I'm releasing my faith in this situation. It says the anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Why? Because if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you ask the Father anything in my name, He'll give it to you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Acts chapter 16. These are examples for us because we're still walking out the acts of the Holy Spirit, the acts of the apostles by the help of the Holy Spirit, the acts of the disciples. We're still living out the plan of God. And so this same interaction with the name in our lives is applicable. Acts chapter 16 and verse 18, we see the apostle Paul casting out the devil of this, uh, out of this demon-possessed girl it, this, who followed them around saying, these are servants of the Most High God. It says, she did this many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. In chapter 19 and verse 13 there were some other people that tried to do the same thing. But they hadn't been delegated the name. They weren't believers. They weren't believers in Jesus Christ. They weren't uh, born again. But they, they, they've seen other people use the name of Jesus. They thought, well, let's try this. It worked for Paul. It says here in verse 13 of Acts 19, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. They took upon them to call the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh -huh. uh -oh. They just decided, no, nobody's delegated the name yeah. to them. Yeah. They're not in right standing with God. They are not believers. They don't believe in Jesus, but they wanted to, to exercise the same authority they'd seen other people exercise. Yeah. We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew and a chief of the priests, which did so. In other words, this is what he did. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And they didn't have an answer. Why? Because I can't show my deputy badge. That man didn't have a deputy badge to show. He didn't have any proof of attorney to pull out of his pocket and say, I have proof of attorney. I'm delegated to use this name. I have legal authority to use this name right now. He says, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't see any proof of attorney hanging off your chest. I don't see any proof of attorney uh, hanging on your wall. And there was no answer. Hallelujah. Why? Because they didn't have an identity in Christ to answer with. The only identity we have 
We've got to the, come to the place where the only identity we have is Him. It is not I that live, but it's Christ. It's not me. It's not me. I didn't save myself. I didn't pull me out. I didn't clean me up. It's Him. It's Jesus in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the, our identity, this, this works for us as we are stable in who we are in Him and who He is in us. Who He is in us. Glory to God. Praise God. Who are you? It was a bad day. It did not turn out well for that man, Skeva. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus and fear fell on them all and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. The name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. We want the name of the Lord Jesus to be magnified in our heart because that's what will help people that we encounter. We will benefit. Mm -hmm. We will benefit by the authority and the victory that is applied by His name, but He will be glorified. That, right. that needs to be our aim. I want yeah. to see Jesus glorified yes. in me. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to magnify His name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians 1. I think we'll close here. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 12. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a prayer. The previous verse says, we pray always for you. This is part of that prayer that was being prayed for the church, the believers there in Thessalonica. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. Hallelujah. What if we prayed that for each other? What if you prayed that for me and I pray that for you? How about that? Let's just put that on our prayer list of things we're going to pray, that the Lord, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified in all of our fellow faith builders. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because God's going to get all of the glory as that takes place. We'll, we'll receive benefit, but God's going to be glorified in us and through us as a result as His name is glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified. When they were answering concerning the name, I'm going to revert to one final verse in Acts chapter 4. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 4, after Peter and John had been beaten and threatened not to preach anymore in the name. <laughs> don't preach anymore in that name. We don't want to see any more activity in that name. And they said, we have to obey God. And he sent us to preach in the name. So they came back and they prayed to God. And this is what they prayed. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. They prayed for signs and wonders to be done in the name. What? That the name of Jesus would be glorified in us all. Hallelujah. 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 And that's what we want to pray for right now. Let's just release our faith for that today. Would you do that with me? Father, we come to you as a church family. Lord, we desire to see Jesus glorified in our families, in our homes, in our community. Father, let the name of Jesus be glorified in us. Let us see ourselves in Christ so clearly as representatives of Him. Let us stand in Your boldness and declare and ask in Your name, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we will give You all the glory. We will give You all the praise for the great and mighty things that you will do as a result of that name being magnified in our midst. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is an intimate relationship. It's not just signing your name on a a role or a membership of a church. It's not just owning a Bible or attending services. Knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is a relationship that is entered into with a decision. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that if any man believe in his heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and declares with his mouth that Jesus is his Lord, that person shall be saved. So that, that declaration of saying Jesus is Lord is a decision to receive Him as Lord. Yes, Personally, for that, that individual, that's how we became saved. Amen. And maybe you're watching online or even here in the sanctuary with us today and you have never made that decision. In order for you to go to heaven, you have to make that decision. You can't be good enough to go to heaven. You can't do enough good things to go to heaven. You have to make Jesus Lord. He's the only way. He's the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. It's by Him that we're saved. There is no other name 
to be saved by. And it's receiving Him and what He's done for us on the cross that enables us to be born again. The old passing away and the the new coming into our life is a result of that decision. So I just want to give opportunity for anyone who may not know the Lord to receive Him today. Hallelujah. Because we minister to people inside the church and through the live stream, I I want to, to offer, even if there's no response by anybody here in the building, But if there is someone here today, Jesus is the way. He is the salvation. He is the the access to the Father. Hallelujah. And if you would say, Pastor Michelle, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord, would you just lift your hand right where you are? We're going to pray together. We're going to release our faith. And I believe there are people who are watching us online who are going to respond. Hallelujah. Say this with me. I believe. God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus poured out His blood. He laid down His life to cleanse me from sin, to make me a new person. I invite Jesus Christ to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He's good to us. Would you stand with me to your feet? Hallelujah. We love the Lord. We love the Lord.